Welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Church podcast. We pray that this message will help you in your walk with Christ. Our current sermon series is A Church Transformed by the Gospel. The title of Dr. Splant's sermon today is A Prayer for Pursuing Excellence. The big idea is that as a church, we must pray that God would cause our love to abound with knowledge and discernment so that we might approve what is excellent and bear the fruit of righteousness to the glory of God. I invite you to turn your Bibles to the book of Philippians. Book of Philippians. If you're using the Pew Bible there in front of you, um, the passage is going to be on page 830. Page 830. The book of Philippians, chapter 1. I'm going to read this morning verses 3 through 11. Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. Paul writes these words. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge in depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The older I get, some of you are chuckling even as I say the older I get, the less and less I love winter. This morning, I did not enjoy going out and uh, starting the car early to make sure that I could, you know, get in the car and see on my way to church. I I do not love the short days. I do not love the darkness of winter. Christmas gets me through, I think. The Christmas lights kind of get me through. But we started to turn the page, if you've noticed. It's not quite as dark as it used to be. And kind of this feeling, even this morning, as you walked out and you saw the sun, Even though it was cold, it puts a little extra pep in your step, or at least it does mine. And I love spring that's coming for a lot of reasons, not least of which is baseball. I love baseball. I'm pretty sure it's it's God's favorite game as well. But in addition to baseball, I love to see the world coming back to life. I love to drive down Mountain Brook Parkway when everything is, is peaking, and you see all the blooms everywhere, and, and death gives way to life. I love the fruits that come in the spring. If any of you ever go down to the Pepper Place Market downtown, um, it's wonderful to be down there in this sense of life and hope, and you're buying all these things and probably paying way too much for strawberries that you could have got cheaper somewhere else. But there's this sense of, of joy in life. I'll admit to you that I do not have a green thumb. I'm not very good at growing things. Every now and then I try. Every now and then I try to put some tomato plants and some planters out in the backyard. Maybe try to grow some peppers here and there. Mary, if she had it her way, we would have a full-fledged one of those raised boxes. But I know that likely I would just kill everything there. 
I'm not like Jerry Edwards who can grow a lot of crops. I've, I've eaten a lot of things out of Jerry Edwards' uh, yard before. But I know that the process of growing things is, it's not easy, often because everything is kind of working against you as you try to nurture these plants to life. you got to have enough rain, but not too much rain. you got to have enough sunlight, but also you got to have the right soil conditions. And usually, like I said a minute ago, I'm the one that, that kills the things before they have a chance to come to fruition. I mentioned that to you about fruit this morning because as you read the Bible, one of the metaphors that we find over and over again for the Christian life or the life of faith is that of fruit. That you and I are meant to bear fruit in this world for God's glory and for our good and so that others might see the reality of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives as our hearts are transformed. In the Old Testament, you see God speak of his people as a vine. And they were meant to bear fruit, but oftentimes they did not bear the fruit that God intended for them. Psalm 1 comes to my mind when I think about the idea of bearing fruit, being like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Over and over again, we see this metaphor. And I want you to think about our church and us as individuals and us as a church bearing fruit for Christ in the world. Would you say that currently the world is such that the conditions are ripe for us to bear fruit? I was interviewing for this job, those of you who are guests with us, I'm, I'm new to this. I'm just recently the pastor of the church. And as I was interviewing for the position, and we were talking about the future of Mountain Brook Baptist Church and the prospects for us to be vibrant and to bear fruit, both here and abroad, I had to be honest with the committee and say that, that really, the hopes that we have of being a faithful church and bearing fruit for Jesus Christ in this world depends not primarily on who we are or our gifts or our talents, not primarily our wonderful facility and location, not primarily all the resources that we have at our disposal, though all those things are true. As I look around this room in this sanctuary this morning, the, the resource that excites me most are the people seated in this sanctuary. That I've become, um, as Paul writes about his love for the Philippians, I feel an affection for you. And you've been gifted and called, and there's all these things that God's given you that you might leverage for his kingdom here and abroad. But I also acknowledge that there's a lot of things that are against us, friends. There's a lot of things that we're going to have to overcome if we're going to be faithful followers of Jesus, if we're going to bear fruit in this world for, for his glory and for our good. You and I tend to be individualistic type people. We tend to evaluate things primarily based on our experience of it. And we're not always that great at looking up and looking out and asking God to give us a sense for how we can leverage what God's given us and trusted to us for the good of other people. We have a tendency to disagree on what the right next move is. 
that each of us kind of has a, an idea and understanding of where God's calling us next. And we're not always quick to get on the same page and move in the same direction. We have a tendency sometimes to overestimate our sense of value and worth when we're around other people. We have a tendency often not to trust that God's going to provide everything that we need for life and ministry. And so rather than being peaceful, we give in to anxiety and stress. and We look to ourselves and not to the Lord. So while I'm hopeful and I'm excited about the future of our church, I'm also realistic that oftentimes the conditions for growth are not always in our favor. And so I'm drawn to a passage like Philippians chapter 1, this Paul that prayer off, Paul offers on behalf of the Philippians. Paul leads them to lean into this idea that if anything good is going to be accomplished in and through them, that God needs to do this work to transform their hearts by the power of the Spirit as they understand the depths of his love for us in Jesus Christ so that they are indeed transformed. So I want you to think together with me this morning just for a few minutes about what it might look like for us to be a church that's transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ such that we bear fruit in this world against all odds, both from within and from without. We would stand back amazed and humbled at all that God has done in and through us. The first thing I want you to notice that's important for us, if we're going to be a church that bears fruit for the gospel here, is that we must be a church that prays. We must be a church that, that acknowledges our dependence upon the Lord to be at work in and through us to accomplish anything of value. I'll take you back to the, one of my interviews and the process and one of the young men, call him a young man, he's a, he's a peer, on the committee said, what are we going to do? And I said, well, I, I think we really have to pray a lot. He's like, yeah, fine, fine, fine. What are we going to do, though? Right? And I appreciate the sentiment and the question, and he and I followed up afterwards and, and had a fun um, laugh about that. And there are things that we're going to do. Right? There are things that we're going to try to be as faithful and to be as effective what God's called us to be and to do here at Mount Britt Baptist Church. But notice the way that Paul talks about his prayers on behalf of the Philippians. Go back to verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. When you recognize that you are totally dependent upon God to be at work in and through you individually and as a church, then you, you bind your hearts and your minds together and you pray for God to do what God alone can do. In your worship guide, you should have been given a little, little uh, insert. And for each of these weeks during the series on Philippians, we're encouraging you to pray together as a congregation for God's work among us. And each of us can pray our own prayers, and, and I'll admit to you that I've got a long way to go when it comes to the school of prayer. 
But if we, together as a congregation, pray alongside each other for these same things, for God to be at work in our church, I'm so hopeful and I'm so optimistic about what God might do in response to and in answering our prayers. So I want us in this coming year to be a church that we increasingly are serious about praying and acknowledging that we don't bring anything to this apart from what God does in and through us. So prayer is an important part of the ministry that God's called us to. A second ingredient that's essential for growth is love. Paul says in verse 9, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. One of my favorite things I've probably mentioned to you before that I love to do is to do premarital counseling. I, I look out at the sanctuary this morning, and I noticed a couple, at least maybe one couple up front here, that I did that work with. And I've mentioned to you before that, that they seem to get younger. Every year, these couples that are getting married seem to get younger, and they seem to know less and less about what it is they're getting into. And I always find the tension of, I want to speak of marriage in good and optimistic ways because I do believe it's a gift that God's given us. But I also want to give them enough realism that they know what they're getting into. And I often talk about love, and we try to bring ourselves back to what love is in terms of what the Bible talks about when it talks about love. So you and I are prone to think of love more in the Valentine's Day Hallmark way, if we're not careful. That we look at someone or something that is lovely, and in our hearts there awakens this emotion where we move toward this other person or this thing that we love. But when we read about love in the Bible, the steadfast love that God has for his people, we see something different on display. That God makes this covenant agreement with his people. And it is his steadfast love that becomes the source of their praise throughout their days because they understand that they don't have any claim on God because of their holiness or their righteousness. Paul could even say that even when we were at our worst, God showed his love for us and that Christ died for us even when we were his enemies. I want you to look around the sanctuary for just a moment this morning. Look around at the church that is here. You can go ahead. Look around. I got good news and bad news. The good news is this is the church that God's given you. These are the people that God's called you into relationship with. I've got bad news. Not each of them is perfect yet. Not each of them is perfect yet. But when God calls us into relationship with each other and he calls for our love to abound more and more, God's not calling us to a hypothetical kind of love out there somewhere. So that we would say, do you love the people of Mount Baptist Church? And you say, yeah, I, I love those people. You say, what about that person? You say, well, maybe on a good day. And then love expresses itself not just through what we say, but through our actions and how we engage 
one another in ways that we, that we work for the good of other people in our congregation. And each person in this sanctuary, many of you at least, would say that you are busy people. I feel like I'm a busy person most of the time. And I've got lots of stuff and I've got lots of opportunities to do all these things out in the world. Many of which are great things to do. But from time to time, love calls me not just to do what I want to do, not just to please myself, but to walk in the way that Christ walked. And, and, and love in word, yes, but love also in deed. And I'm excited to think about what our church might look like if that became a really significant part of who we are. We walk in these doors or we eat dinner or lunches together. We engage with each other in the community in a way that our love for each other is on display. Paul prays that their love would abound more and more for each other. And I think also implicit in that is that our love for God would grow. How do you grow in your love for God? And the primary way that you and I grow in our love for God is that we just see who he is on the pages of Scripture and most fully in the person of Jesus Christ. That's why we read the Bible a lot. That's why we study it a lot, because we want to see who God is and what he's done for us not so that we can just walk around with more knowledge of the Bible than someone else. But our study of the Scriptures is meant to awaken in us a love for the Lord. It's why we do Sunday school. It's why we ask you to read the Bible reading plan. That as you behold who the Lord is, your heart is moved to love Him. Jen Wilkin is a really great Bible teacher. And one of the things that she says that I think is, is really important, she says, the heart cannot love what the mind does not know. The heart does not, cannot love what the mind does not know. Paul prays that this group of believers in Philippi, their love would abound more and more for each other and for the Lord. Second, he prays, or thirdly, he prays that they're, Love would abound more and more with knowledge and depth of insight. Why? So that may, they may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. That idea of discerning what is best. You could also say discerning or understanding what is the most valuable thing. As we walk through the letter of Philippians, we're going to see over and over again that when Paul understood the value of all that God had given him and the work of salvation he had done for him in Jesus, that he started to see the world through a different lens. Later in chapter 1, Paul would talk about being in prison. I mentioned this week in the blog that if I found myself in prison because of my ministry to Jesus, I would probably be over in the corner having a pity party for myself. But Paul was able to see his circumstances with new eyes. And rather than being frustrated by being in prison, Paul would say, a lot of people here now have come to see and understand the gospel because I'm here. Paul would talk about them walking in unity because of their understanding of the gospel. 
Paul would look back to his resume, we'll see one week, and he would say, all these things that I once thought were so important and that I pursued with everything that I had, I now, in relation to the gospel, see them as not valuable at all. And there's one thing that we need in addition to love, both for God and for each other. It's a sense of discernment on what really matters in life. We need a sense of discernment that we might be able to look at all of the great options that are before us, both as individuals and a church, and be able to discern what really is of surpassing value, what really is most excellent, that all of us could link our arms together and pursue that thing. So I'm praying, and I'm asking you to pray that this might happen in our lives, again, as individuals and as a church. That we would walk this year in dependence upon the Lord. That we would be serious about praying together for God to be at work among us in gracious and merciful ways, acknowledging that apart from him, as Jesus said, we can do nothing. And I want you to be praying that our love for each other would abound. That God would give us a burden and a heart for other people who are members of Mountain Brook Baptist Church. We would say, Lord, how would you have me to use all that you've entrusted to me to serve and to build up other people in the life of our church? I pray that it'd be a time of renewal for us. That we wouldn't just know things about the Bible, that we wouldn't just know things about who God is, but that our hearts would be melted to love God. And that God would give us a common understanding of, of what's really, really important and what we're pursuing together. We wouldn't be distracted by secondary matters, but that God would give us this common sense of calling to pursue things together. And that ultimately, we would be individual followers of Jesus and we would be a church that bears fruit here in our church and in our community and even to the ends of the earth so that others might see the reality of what God has done for us in Jesus. I want to do something different this morning than what we normally do. Nobody get alarmed. <clears throat> Don't get scared. It's going to be fine. I want you to take out that insert. That, that's in your order of worship. You can also, if you prefer, just look at Philippians 1, 9 through 11. I want you to read over that prayer. And then I want us to enter into a time of prayer together as a church family. I want to give you some opportunity to pray silently at your seat, wherever you are. And then after we've had some time to pray together, then I'll close this in prayer. So I invite you to pray with me.
Father, we thank you for revealing yourself to us in Jesus most fully. And we pray that you, by the power of your Spirit, would do a work of renewal in our hearts. That we might walk this year in a sense of dependence upon you. We would acknowledge that you are the source of all that is good in our lives. We would acknowledge that apart from you, we can do nothing. Pray that you would move us, Lord, in our love for who you are. Thank you for your character we see on display both in the world that you've created and on the pages of Scripture. We pray that as we grow in our knowledge of you, that our hearts would be moved to love you more deeply. We pray that you would help us to love each other. That we wouldn't just love each other in word or in talk, but Lord, that you would give us a supernatural concern for each other. We would use the gifts and the talents that you've entrusted to us to build up others in the body of Christ here in our church. We pray that you would help us as a group to discern what is, what is best or what is excellent together. We would move together into the future that you have for us side by side with a common sense of calling and unity. We pray that we would bear fruit, Lord, for your kingdom here in Mountain Brook, across Birmingham, and even to the ends of the earth, Lord, that we would, we would bear fruit such that our joy would be full and others would come to experience more of the abundant life, Lord Jesus, that you have come for us to know. We thank you that we can be hopeful in the face of whatever it is that's before us because of who you are. We offer this prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We pray that today's message brought you hope as we continue to love God and live with grace and generosity. Be sure to check back here for more podcasts. And as always, go out and do the Lord's good work. Thank you.